everybody and welcome to Love Unlocks Live Sessions. It's Thursday, it's one o'clock and we are here, we are live and I want to thank you for joining us. It's great to see people logging on from all over. We are live on Facebook, we are live on YouTube and we are live on Periscope. If you guys go, huh, what's Periscope? It's for those who are on Twitter and like to watch stuff live on Twitter. Yes, we are even there. Uh, so wherever you are watching from and tuning in from, thank you for joining us. Love Unlocks is the program where I chat to amazing people with great stories of how God's love has unlocked their lives. And I want you to hear them. I want you to, to learn from them. And I want you to be inspired and find hope in that. And it's brought to you by our ministry called Love Key. And at Love Key, we uh, focus on ministering wholeness to families and unity to the body of Christ. And we believe that if anyone has a chance to encounter God's love, they can align with His purposes for their lives and they can reign in life. And that's what these sessions are about. And once the lockdown is over and we can minister again uh, to you directly, then we do that through music. We do that through, through uh, bringing the Word of God. So that's what this is all about. And I thank you for joining us. I want to ask you, as you are joining, uh, maybe it's the first time, maybe it's the umpteenth time, uh, I want to encourage you and ask you to please share this live session session as we are doing this with your friends, your family. Uh, start a watch party. That helps a lot. It brings more people in. We would really appreciate it because we'd like to get these stories to as many people as possible. And I want you to also know that this is not just a live session every time on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We also make a podcast from this. So you can go check it out on a podcast. If you prefer driving and listening or uh, sitting in your bed listening to a podcast, that's also something a way you can catch up on the sessions we've done before. And uh, I would really want to encourage you to do that because there has been some great stories and great testimonies that have come through this. So please do that. And uh, yeah, I want to remind those of you who are interested, maybe you are married, maybe you're engaged, maybe you are single but serious about getting married. I want you to join my wife and I. We've, we're doing a marriage seminar live sessions on Thursday evenings. We're doing the fourth one tonight and my wife is specifically going to chat to the ladies about dealing with baggage and issues. Uh, but you can still join us. Go watch the sessions that we have already done and join us for the rest because we're doing this for 10 weeks, uh, once a week. And uh, so we would love to see you guys. The time tonight is just a little different because we, uh, we have load shedding in our area tonight. So we're going to start a little bit earlier. We're going to start at 8.30. But you can get your tickets on Quicket and you can join us tonight. That'll be great. I would love to chat to my guest. It's, a, it's an amazing man of God. He is from a church in Rodepoort, Johannesburg. We met last year when he was graciously open to me coming to share my new songs for the new album at his church and uh, we have just connected and clicked in such a cool way i want to welcome mr no mr. not mr not pastor he said bishop john crumpton <laughs> please give him a big round of applause it's john crumpton from breakthrough hey. life church <laughs> so good thanks heinz great to be with you <laughs> thanks for joining us it's such a privilege yeah. to have you here thank you so much how are you Exciting. You know, doing, doing extremely well. Um, really, I know that many people are kicking against this lockdown and, you know, like at sixes and sevens. But, you know, honestly, I have been enjoying this time. And, you know, we, uh, it's not just, you know, this is a time for, for introverts. But, you know, for <laughs> all of us, it's a great opportunity just to take a little bit of a step back from all the things we normally are involved with. And, you know, just to take family time. 
uh, time to get into other things that we otherwise wouldn't normally do. And uh, so I've been having great, great time. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I know people expect that the, the, the answer to like, how are you doing? It's normally going to be like a negative uh, emotional place. But for me, actually, uh, I'm just delighted with this time. Uh, the way that the Lord has just been so good. And uh, it's overwhelming at times, actually. So, yeah, doing, doing really good. Thanks. Well, that is something that I think we can all do more. What we'd like to have more of is being overwhelmed by the goodness yeah. of God. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. You know, um, you know we, we, we've been praying, we've been declaring, we've been prophesying that, uh, that the Lord would show himself strong. And uh, we were together in, in February with uh, the Kingdom Come conference. And yeah. one of the lines that, that Bill Johnson said, he said, you know, God chooses to manifest himself opposite to the circumstances to reveal his glory in a greater way. Yeah. And I've heard him say that before, um, but this was like a now word for us as we were about to go into uh, lockdown uh, just a, a month or so later. And, uh, and it, it actually has been that, you know, the, the Lord's provision where the economy is tanking and everyone's, you know, facing so many difficulties, how the Lord has come through time and time again, showing himself strong. And that just blows me away because then we know it's supernatural. You know, it's not our cleverness or anything like that. It's God coming through. Uh, and, and that's why it's just such a joy and why I'm enjoying the season so much. Because we cannot rely on ourselves, we have to rely on the Lord. So good, and, and he, yeah, he he just is that amazing. So good, yeah. I love that. That's uh, that's so inspiring. Thank you for putting a positive spin on this, because uh, yeah, there's a lot of negativity flying around, a lot of fear, and uh, and there's so many things that that are uncertain, and I think that shakes a lot of people. And even in the first couple of weeks, as I was speaking to my wife, I said to her, you know what, I think I think we're actually going to see. A revival coming out of this but it's yeah. probably not the kind of revival we're used to it's gonna yeah. be it's there's gonna it's because there's a shaking inside gotcha. the church and inside the world you know so even in the yeah. church if you have been holding on to little traditions and man-made things and even yeah. the idea of ministry other than and not really holding on to God or having that relationship. And if you're in the world and yet everything that you used to depend on is falling apart, I mean, there must be a, a, an awakening of some kind. And I think that's what we're going to see happening more and more. Bang on, bang on. I mean, you hit the nail on the head right there. You know, uh, Book of Hebrews says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And that's exactly what we see. Yeah. And we're seeing, you know, the, the non-kingdom things just crumbling. Uh, if people put their hope in, you know, the, the economies and, and, you know, all kind of investment systems of this world, uh, those things, they go up and they come down and they're not reliable and trustworthy. The only one who is trustworthy is the Lord. And again, if you put your hope and your trust in, in your ministry as opposed to your relationship with the Lord, that's going to be shaken because that's not the proper foundation. So, as you said, whether it's in the church or whether it's you know in society uh, as a whole, we know that God is way bigger. You know, and sorry, I'm just going to jump straight into some preaching here. Go for it. But 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 God is just way bigger than what's going on in the world right now. You know, and please don't misunderstand. We are not saying God sent coronavirus. That's not what we're saying. 
this is an action of the enemy. We know because of John chapter 10, verse 10, that it's the thief who comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. Yeah. So this has kind of got his fingerprints. He's the one who's bringing destruction, right? So he's, he's bringing, you know, all this anxiety, sowing fear and discord and, and stealing people's livelihoods and health and all these kinds of things. But the biggest thing really is actually fear, mm. right? That's yeah. the huge thing that almost everybody's dealing with. Yeah. And we know that we do not have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, sound mind, right? And so God is love. He's the opposite of fear. So if fear is rampant in the world, uh, then we can actually kind of like, okay, the fingerprints of this one, we trace it back to the devil. Mm. But God's power is so much greater than the devil. So with all the shaking that's going on and the enemy wants to bring destruction, so God is so much bigger than the enemy, he just like uh, tilts it a little bit. And so the destruction causes the shaking <laughs> of yeah. everything that can be shaken so that God's purposes can be revealed. Yeah. I mean, God once again gets the devil to do his work for him. <laughs> wow. And, and then God comes through powerfully to show himself so strong and he manifests, as we said earlier, opposite to what's going on. So if there's famine... God is the one who provides the miracle supply. You know, it's the, it's the manna in the wilderness when you couldn't get anything through any other means. You had to rely on the Lord and he causes supernaturally something out of nothing. Yeah. That's the creator. Yeah. So he creates manna and it's there and it sustains God's people, millions of people, every single day for 40 years. <laughs> Sure. That is how amazing God is. And he's still the same God with the same power. And so we see him working in our lives and he's bringing about his sustenance. And he's, he's keeping us and preserving us even while all the shaking's going on. But there's a good thing that's happening inside of us as followers of Jesus because we get those other things shaken off of us that we actually didn't need to have in our lives in the first place. Sure. Yeah. And so there comes a refining, and, and as you were saying, it, it's going to lead to a reviving. Yeah. It's going to come to this point where people's um, relationship with the Lord is going to be challenged, yeah. and that sort of lukewarmness is going to be shaken off, Absolutely. and we're going to find people like running into the, the purpose and the destiny for which God created them. And, and for those who do not yet know Jesus, He's going to show Himself so kind and so gracious and merciful that if they turn to him, he's going to supply their needs. He's going to care for them. He's going to demonstrate his love. And he's going to be the one, because he's the prince of peace, he's going to be the one to speak the word peace, be still in mm. the middle of the storm. Yeah. And people are going to encounter him in his supernatural power like they've never encountered before. So good. So the storm provides the most amazing opportunity for the kingdom to advance. Mm. And I guess that's why I'm enjoying the season. <laughs> wow. That's such a great perspective. And I think it's a, it's a healthy one that we should have as the church. And, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always a little upset when I see trends um, or, or bad patterns in the world that don't look much different in the church you know uh, yeah. if, if the divorce numbers are the same in the churches in the world for example you know and if we see the same kind of uh, 
fear and uncertainty and worry, you know, in the church as we see outside the church, then we have to ask ourselves, where is our focus? And, uh, and you know, it's, it's a good example. We, we definitely can be like the disciples on the deck of the ship. Jesus just told them to literally head into a storm. They didn't know they were heading into a storm, but, but he knew a storm yeah. was coming. And what did he, yeah. he went to lie down and sleep. And they're running around on the day going, ah, have you forgotten about us? And he's like, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> and he's, exactly. he calms the storm and he, t- he tells them, ye have little faith. And, yeah. and that thing is, has been, you know, because faith is the opposite of fear. And yeah. I mean, we were just listening to a great teaching uh, by T.D. Jakes where he, he says there's, there's the kind of fear that's, that's healthy, that keeps you alive, that keeps you safe, that yeah. keeps you away from danger. Um, but that's a, uh, you know, a built-in emotional response to a temporary problem. But there's a, the spirit of fear, like you said, that is a different thing that has a perpetual yeah. damaging effect if we don't you know, uh, switch it around for faith. And, and I've, I've always thought if you look at uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, that defi- defines faith for us. You know, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So what do we do when we fear? We make up stuff that hasn't happened yet, but we proclaim it as if it has happened. So it's actually exactly. the opposite of faith. So I think exactly. that's where we need to operate. What I'm hearing from you is, is that, you know, just operating from that place of faith, knowing who you are in Christ. And from there, you live out your life. And, and that's how you, because of the substance you have in Jesus, you have a hope for this time. Even though the, it looks you know, difficult and tough, you're able to say what you're saying. And I, I just, I love that. That's so encouraging. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Heinz. And uh, I'm mean, just going to throw a couple in here, seeing we on it. And um, we, we were supposed to start out a little bit lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> you just started preaching. I love it. It's just good. jump straight in. No there. worries. But um, I mean, for goodness sake, let's just use a little bit of reason here. Let's, let's kind of, God has given us a brain. We have the mind of Christ. Okay. So 98% of the world, for those who get coronavirus, 98% of those who get infected are going to get well. Yeah. Only 2% are going to have like severe issues, maybe even some long-standing complications. Yeah. So I'm not saying, hey, you know, there, there's nothing to, to see here. Of course, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. Um, I'm aware that this can have significant impact on certain people, for sure. But we so easily focus on the 2% and we don't even think about the 98%. Yeah. What kind of, of, of mindset does it take for people to dwell, to be perpetually cogitating about the, the, the 2% rather than concentrating on the 98%? Yeah. Sure. You know, God has called us to be a people of faith. So why, as people of faith, do we not have this overwhelming conviction that I am actually going to be in the 98%? I'm not going to be in the 2%. Yeah. I'm trusting God that He's going to you know, enable me to be part of the 98%. Amen. And even if I do find myself in the 2%, God is able to take care. Yeah. And, you know, we, we actually... Uh, 
we, we, we're supposed to be these people of faith. We are people of the faith. Means we are to live out our faith. Yeah. And, and it's in our thought processes. It's in our decision making. It's in our language, our speech, all of these kinds of things, right? The way we handle our family, the way we handle our finances, the way we handle our neighbors, all these kinds of things is because we are people of faith, right? Amen. But even in that, ultimately, we believing the Lord that we are in the family of God, we've been adopted, and our eternal inheritance is to be with Him forever. And in fact, we say we're looking forward to be with Him in heaven. Yeah. Now, even if I don't make it through Corona and I pass away, what's going to happen? The door is open for me to enter into the nearness, the presence of Jesus. I'm going to be with Him in heaven. Yeah. Uh, is that such a bad thing? <laughs> no, of course. And I, I think that's a good point. And it's one that I've thought about as well. I totally believe that God protects us. He protects His children. Yeah. Um, but, but then, you the, you know, there's the story of the uh, Sadrach, um, Meshach, and Abednego where they said, God will protect us from the fire. And even mm -hmm. if He doesn't, we will yeah. still believe in Him. It's, yeah. it's having that kind of faith because, and I think this is something that in, in general is, uh, is uh, lost on, on a lot of people that call themselves Christians is yeah. the, the eternity mindset, Come knowing on. that we are only here for a blip in eternity, yeah. but yeah. what we choose here yeah. Yeah. has an effect on eternity. Exactly. So it's very important what we choose here. Who do we follow? Do we follow Jesus or do we follow ourselves, which is basically following the enemy? Uh, and, or, you know, and, that's the, and that's the decision you make here. But while you are here, you, know, you can bring heaven to earth. By, exactly. by being a child of God, yeah. you can experience heaven on earth. And yeah. with these things happening around us, we can bring the heavenly perspective and know right. that God will protect me. If I do get it, He can heal me. If, if I yeah. die, I go to heaven. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, all, like we, it's, it's all good news. <laughs> it's all good news. It's like we're destined to win. You know, we yeah. win or we win or we win. <laughs> exactly. There, there's, there's just one outcome and that is that we're going to win. So, Jesus so is the victor. He's the victorious one. He leads us in His triumphal procession. And so, He's already declared that we are going to win. We we read the end, end of the book and we saw <laughs> that he actually says, you know, we are part of the overcomers. We've won because yeah. he has won. And because we are in him, we also then are, are declared winners. So we are victorious ones. So good. And, um, you know, so we, we live from this place of confidence, not in ourselves, but in Christ. You know, and that's why we can have faith, we can have hope, we can have joy, even though we're going through difficult circumstances, we're in this lockdown period, you know, there's a lot of anxiety and uncertainty around. We don't have to buy into all of that. We can navigate through it. Yeah. All right. So it's like, hey, the icebergs, anxiety, fear, intimidation, you know, apprehension or so we just navigate through these things you know we don't have to actually take them on board yeah. we can can actually you know just chill out a bit and um you know jesus take the wheel so all right lord help us as we navigate through these things through these icebergs that um that we're not gonna you know come and come into grief so yeah i think i think that the 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 reality of our faith 
And, you know, people say, well, we love the Lord and, you know, I'm going to serve him with all my life and all my heart. You know, so he says, great. Well, let's just see how you're able to operate in the middle of a storm. You know, is this just like, hey, these are great words when everything's going well and uh, you have a comfortable existence or a semi-comfortable existence. At least things are somewhat predictable, even if they're difficult, but you can figure out a way. And, you know, Jesus, I love you. You know, my life is yours. And and that's fantastic. Now, how about can you still live this way and say these things and uh, and believe these things in a tangible outworking of your life when the circumstances are really challenging? Yeah. And so he's giving us an opportunity to actually grow up. So, (laughs) you know, so many people say, I want to be a mature Christian. (laughs) And God says, fantastic. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to answer your prayer. (laughs) And I'm going to give you the exact circumstances you need in order that you can grow up. So, So, how are we doing with this growing up process? (laughs) Yeah. Are we we, uh, throwing a temper tantrum? Or or are we maturing through it? That's a good question. Um, Yeah. I once, <laughs> I once preached at a at a church, and I, and I asked them. That's good. I'm glad you preached. That's that's really good. You once did that. That's fantastic, man. You know, I wasn't too sure, you know, exactly what you did. <laughs> well, you know, you allowed me to preach at your church, so I know there's at least one other so, time. At least once. Eh? At least once. Yeah. Um, so, and and I felt to ask the question based on James one, to ask the question: How many of you guys? would like to be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. And all the hands yes. went up. Yeah. And then I said, okay, here's how you get there, according to the Bible. Counted all joy when trials of various kinds come your way. Yes. And then, yes. <laughs> how many of you guys want to be perfect, complete, lacking nothing now? Uh, less hands. <laughs> and and that's the thing. We We want the... You know, we want the, the, the sort of unhealthy version of prosperity where we just get what we want, but there's right. not the actually walking out, you know, of really, really living the way where kingdom first, righteousness first, right. and then the other things right. will be added. And I think that's yeah. a huge mind shift that still needs to take place in a big way. And, and if you seek the kingdom first, when things like this happens, it's, it's a whole other approach, you know, than... Going, how am I going to survive? <laughs> yeah. and, and rather go, yo, how, how, can I, how can I bring heaven to earth during this time? And, and I know, think that's the challenge for all of us that, that are believers. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You know, um, we read the, the, the letters in the, the New Testament and we, we kind of like sanitize them. <laughs> Isn't that a word for right now? <laughs> <laughs> so we, so, but it's we, too we, soon, we John. It, it's too soon. But we put the, 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 the perspective into of the, the, the words of those New Testament letters into our context. Mm. Instead of us just stopping thinking a little bit and saying, okay, hang on, the guy who wrote this, the Holy Spirit inspiring this person, what was the context in which they were living and in which they wrote and to whom they wrote to? Yeah. And so we, we see that there was an enormous amount of persecution that was taking place in 
in in the uh, in the early church. Yeah. I mean, you had Paul spending most of his time when he was writing the letters. He was in prison. actually when he was in prison, yeah. right? Okay. And prison wasn't like, hey, you know, we we have prison today. You know, you got your own cell. You got a nice bed. You got a TV. Nah. They feed you three meals a day. You know, they take you outside to exercise in the courtyard. Yeah. You know, at least once a day. And, um, you know, if there are any medical issues, you're going to get top medical treatment and, and all of these kind of, forget it, man. Yeah. You were in a dungeon. It was dark. It was, it was damp. And it wet. was cold. Yeah. There were rats. Uh, there was, you were there chained. Was kind of, yeah. Uh, where, where, where are you going to go to the toilet? Sorry, you know, just getting a little graphic here. Yeah. Um, but you, you, it was just a horrible, stinking place. You were left there to basically rot. And um, so… Uh, it was in in these kinds of conditions. Um, I mean, obviously not all the time, but some of the times when when Paul was in in those kind of conditions, and he and he's he's living out the the truth of this eternal gospel, mm. and that it's not based just on my pleasant temporary circumstances, but actually this is about the eternal purposes of God, and I'm just you know living through a particular set of circumstances right now, but the truth has got to apply when circumstances are going well, and the same truth has to apply when the circumstances are going poorly for me. Yeah. And it's not just like, hey, I'm a believer and everything's going well when, you know, the Springboks are winning the World Cup. <laughs> You know, when I've just got a really good um, salary increase or yeah. any of these kinds of things. You know, so so often we we tend to think that God is on the throne when things are going well for us. Mm. But we have this crazy mindset that says, oh, God's actually not so powerful right now because, hey, look at Corona. Yeah. So this just shows that, you know, God is not big. Yeah. It's kind of, whoa, 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 whoa. We've got to get get a hold of the the rope that's tied to the anchor, mm. and that anchor is hope, and it's it goes in behind the veil, and, and and it's in the very presence of God, and so we anchored into the presence of God. We, we're held by the truth of who He is and what He's done for us. So good, and so. and so regardless of the the current conditions and circumstances. We have an ultimate sense of security and peace because we're trusting, we're relying in the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. He's full of mercy, loving kindness, forgiveness. He's the eternal, victorious one, mm. and He is the sovereign one. And, you know, in, in, our, in our day and in our age, this is not such a popular concept, you know. The sovereignty of God. Yeah. Like, actually, how do I balance the truth between God is sovereign, He's got it all together, but then He's also given me a free will. Okay? So, yeah. I need to participate with Him, you know, supernatural lifestyle. I'm doing what I can do. I'm co-laboring with Him, you know, and uh, and so we, we're part partnering with God to see the kingdom come on earth. And that's absolutely fantastic. And it's an it's a vital truth that for many believers has actually been lost. Yeah. 
So it's enormously important that we give a good focus to this. We ensure that we are participating and partnering with God, all these good things. However, we cannot do that at the expense of also hanging on to the sovereignty of God. You know, God is really big. You know, Louis Giglio did that series some years ago. He says, he's really, 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 really big. <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes we, we look at circumstances and we go through a little bit of hardship and we're kind of like, oh, God's not so big anymore. It's kind of like, no ways. You cannot let your circumstances inform your belief. Sure, so true. That's and and this, this, is a, this is an issue. It doesn't matter whether it's going well or whether it's going badly. Come on, you can't just say, okay, when it's going well, then I'm going to allow it to inform my beliefs, yeah. and therefore I'm going to believe that God is good. So good. You yeah. know, we also have to, in the middle of trial and difficulty, still hold on to those fundamental truths. Yeah, amen. I, I was challenged by that thought so, so well by a friend of mine that I, I met in the last year and a half. He's, a, he's actually from, originally from Nigeria, um, and he, he's got... He opened up my mind to the fact that we tend, as, as people in the church, we tend to let our circumstances and experiences of life speak louder than the Word of God. Aye, 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 aye. And, and that's what you're saying now, is that we, we, can't, we, we have to keep on, despite what it looks like in the physical and what we're experiencing, we have to always let the Word of God have the final say. We can't let the way we feel and the way we experience life trump the word of God. I think that's, and that's, that's really been a challenge to me, you know, because I would say, read something in the word of God and I would go, I'm standing on this word and then my circumstances is telling me something different. But I'm like, okay, so what's true now? The word of God is true. And yeah. the timing is maybe not the timing that I want or it's happening in the way that I want, but as I hold on to this word and I walk through this circumstance, what is happening? Like you said earlier, my character is being built. I'm being formed into the person that God wants me to be as long as I'm co-laboring with Him through that, that process and trusting in Him. I think that's the big thing. You know, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, trust the Lord. That thing, yo, to live that every day. And now it's, it's, it's challenging, but, but I, I cannot say amen enough to that. And imagine the, the whole body of Christ, you know, in our nation, living that way, trusting God, l not looking at circumstances, but at the word of God. I mean, our stats say we're 84% Christian. Imagine all 84% live like that. We will have a different nation. Yeah, no, listen, um, <laughs> I, I I've been around some church movements and gatherings and things and and um, you know I I think that that census question which was uh, only included in the previous census yeah and uh, you know so we don't actually have recent up to date figures on that number one but I think number two people say well look you know I wasn't born. Um, uh, a Jew, I wasn't born a Muslim or a Hindu or something like that. Uh, so, therefore, I must be a Christian. So you must tick some box. Yeah. I must tick some box. And I don't <laughs> think that that in, in any way reflects the truth in terms of people's 
um, fundamental faith and belief. Yeah. And um, so I know that it kind of sounds great when we're arguing things in parliament or this kind of thing and like, hey, you need to listen to the Christians and all the rest of it. Um, but I, I don't think that uh, as we look at the evidence of the way people live their lives, yeah. uh, that actually this really is um, that they're living for Jesus and they're living in a way that reflects that that they are believers. But I completely agree. And and when yeah. I when I said that, I was you know doing it tongue in cheek because <laughs> I'm completely convinced that we, it's not the case. We are definitely yeah. people that are actually yeah. born again, sold out for Jesus, living for Him. Yeah. Complete minority, and yeah. otherwise it would have looked different. So I I, I totally yeah. agree with you. And my my point is actually that one of our biggest problems is cultural Christianity. People yeah, that yeah, grew up yeah. in a so-called Christian home, and therefore you know like I'm just ticking yeah. the box. But there's yeah. there's been no salvation. There's been no uh, walking out your 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 uh, process of sanctification. Yeah. Being in in yeah. a spiritual family, walking with other people. None of that, you know, so, and, and yeah, that's, that's yeah. a problem. We, we, yeah. we have to speak these truths and the ones that are really born again need to live it out as an example. And I think that's what, what, what I love about these conversations is, is that, you know, getting more people to get excited about this and to, to hear that this is what it should be. Yeah. yeah I mean, let's just come back to, to that um, time you were talking about Jesus on the boat in the storm with the disciples. Mm. And, uh, you know, at the end of it, he says, you know, so where's your faith? Oh, oh ye of, of little faith. Yeah. And um, they had some faith, but they didn't exercise it. Yeah. And, uh, and so the storm of this, you know, 2020 coronavirus year is an opportunity for us to examine our levels of faith. <laughs> like, oh, ye of little faith, how much faith have you got? Yeah. If we say we're people of the faith, if we say we are you know, uh, a Christian or we, we, you know, some semblance of being a Christian nation. Well, what does that look like? And, and when we uh, apply our faith and we walk in faith, um, so what does that look like for us as a family to say, okay, we have faith in God. So if you've lost your job or you've been retrenched, uh, your business is at a close, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So what does it mean that God is my provider, yeah. that I'm actually living in a place of faith and mm. trusting Him? So was I looking to my employer to take the place of God, yeah. that He was my provider? Or actually, I now have an opportunity to actually put some legs into my words. So I, I did say, hey, I was a person of faith and I was trusting God to provide for me. And God says, great. Now let's take it to the next level. Let's let your faith rise to the next level. <laughs> so let's take away that employer yeah. so that you can see. And then also you can live it out for other people to see that in fact your father, your heavenly father is your provider. Yeah, amen. So let's take it to the next level. So OG of some this amount of faith, let's go up to a higher level of faith. Yeah. And um, and so let's like speak to the, the storm. Peace, be still in Jesus' name. Let the waves calm, the wind calm, and, um, and, and we're actually going to come out the other side. And, uh, and so God has got a plan for us. He has got a way to provide, you know, whether it's manna in the wilderness, whether it's uh, throw your net on the other side of the boat and there's a huge, you know, haul of fish, whether it's five loaves and two fish, 
you know, you need to pay your taxes. Okay, go fishing and open up the mouth of the fish and there's going to be this coin. You know, how, how God is going to provide, he, he's been doing it supernaturally all throughout biblical history. Yeah. And he's given us these stories, these testimonies to encourage us and build our faith that if he's done it for them, he can do it for us. Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing because he even, um, in, in a couple of other places, he, he, would, um, he would work on behalf of people who weren't even of the faith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he, he, he goes to, to, this, to the, the widow in Zarephath, and uh, she's not even a Hebrew. <laughs> and the prophet goes, and a miracle takes place. Uh, and sustains her and her boy. Um, I mean, God is able to do the most extraordinary, out-of-the-box kind of things just to show and to prove His ability to be above circumstance. Absolutely. And, and uh, my wife and I can actually testify to that because when this whole thing hit, we, we lost, I lost all my work. All my bookings, all my shows. You were working? Yeah, can you believe it? I thought you just went around playing. Yeah, well, you know, I, some people may consider that work. <laughs> You've got a chip for everything. Well done. I'm going to start doing the same. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and the, the, everything just dried up, obviously. And my wife also has a lot of uh, speaking gigs that went away. And, and for the first two weeks, we were... You know, honestly, yeah. we were freaking out a little bit. And then yeah. eventually yeah. we just felt, we were like the disciples on the boat, like, Jesus, yeah. where are you? And eventually yeah. we, we, we calmed down. You know, I think sometimes That's we need good. to calm the storm in ourselves first before Brilliant. we can even speak to the storm outside. And the, and the way you do that is to, to just focus on Jesus again. Like, you know, Peter on the water. He, as long yeah. as his eyes were on Jesus, he could walk on water. Because he yeah. had a word from Jesus to walk on the water. So he stood on his word, which is faith. Anyway, but th that, that for us that. was such a powerful uh, moment. And when we turned to, to Jesus in the storm, he gave us a supernatural out with what we had in our hands. Like what, he asked us, what do you have in your hands? Let me multiply that. And it was not what we expected. It was not what we thought would be the best way. But yeah. it completely turned things around for us and even made it possible for us to not have to let anyone go, keep paying all our people. Uh, so the blessing he gave us was a blessing to others as well. Amen. And that just Amen. showed me God yeah. is our provider and he's so faithful. Yeah. And I just want to yeah. attach a little thing on, on that thing about provider that just mm. I feel someone needs to hear this. I have spoken about this before, but um, when, when we just moved to Cape Town, uh, from a, on a word from the Lord and I left my label and we renovated a house we couldn't afford. <laughs> the wheels yeah. came off completely at first. We, we lost everything. It felt like nothing's working out. Financially, we were ruined. And I, I said the one day I looked at my wife and I said to her, babe, I was crying. I said, I, I'm so sorry that I'm such a bad provider for this household. I just felt completely worthless as a provider, as the man of the house. And my wife just looked at me lovingly, her, you know, loving Jesus more than she loves me, thank God. And she, she told me, you're not our provider. God is our provider. And yeah, in that moment that the whole um, unhealthy, false 
idea of the man being the provider fell off my shoulders. It was like a weight that was on me, you know, and it just completely got free of that. And I realized yeah. I'm not the provider. I, I yeah. co-labor with Christ to provide, to be a good steward for my family. But there was this big shift in my, in my whole being about that. And, and I think a lot of people yeah. may be stuck in that same thing. Like, how do I provide? No. How do you co-labor with Christ to provide in this time? And, and it's really the principle of the, it can be as, as simple as the, the, three, the loaves and the fish. What do you have that God can multiply? So Love that's, that. yo, that's, Love that. that's so Love good. That. Wow. Yeah, that's stunningly great insight there. You know, with, with, with everything in, in, in Scripture and the Gospels, there's this tension. Yeah. You know, we, um, we need to understand that um, the opportunities that the Lord gives us that we must take. And then there are other times when He asks us just to rest and to trust Him. Yeah. And it's being led by the Spirit to know which is the situation that I'm in right now. Mm. Because we could take a scripture that belongs to one season and misapply it to this current season. So good. And so, the, you know, it's, it's like the Holy Spirit inspired the writing of the scriptures. Yeah. And He's going to be with us, Parakletos come alongside us mm. to inspire that word to speak to us in the now. The, that's what you mean by a rhema word. Yeah. It's, it's alive. It's the now active speaking word. And so what is it that God is speaking to us now? Mm. So there might have been a scripture that we got 20 years ago that applied to a season 20 years ago, yeah. but that actually doesn't apply now. So, so good. Let, me, let me just illustrate this. You like stories, eh? I do, especially yours. <laughs> You're so kind, man. There was a great barn door for you to go through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm being very gracious to my, to my guest, you know. <laughs> you, you're, you're, you're good. We'll, I tell you what, we'll have you back. Come on. Yes! So. <laughs> That's all I wanted to hear. Thank you very much for your time, Pastor John. <laughs> God bless you, and we'll see you next time. So, um, so how's this? Elijah... He is, he's got the word of the Lord and, uh, and God's, God gives him like this, this absolute clear clarion word. He says, I want you to go to the king and I want you to declare that there won't be any rain or dew until uh, God gives through Elijah the word of release that it's actually going to rain. Yeah. So he goes to Ahab, says, Ahab. This is what's going to happen. And then off Elijah goes into a bit of hiding. And the crazy thing is that Elijah prophesied himself into yeah. that same drought. Yeah. He was in God's will, yet he still had to go through the drought himself. Sure. And it wasn't because he was out of God's word or out of time or anything like that. No, he was in the in, right in season. Yeah. Then God says, all right, I want you to go to the, the Kirith Valley and there's a ravine there and uh, there'll be water there and I'll take care of you. And then he brings the ravens mm. and they come like, you know, Mr. Delivery and they, they fly in. <laughs> uh, you know, they bring in the Uber Eats. Just glad and, it wasn't a hardy does. <laughs> exactly. 
but here's the crazy thing was that the ravens were considered an unclean animal. Yeah, yeah. In other words, this was sure. unprecedented. Heard that word somewhere before? <laughs> yeah. So God did something unprecedented, and he did something that was out of the ordinary. Yeah. And so he sends the ravens to bring meat, and they come. There's a delivery of bread and, uh, and a delivery of meat, and they come through twice a day. Mm. And there's... And there's water that's flowing in the brook there, and he's hidden, he's protected, and God sent him there. He got a word from the Lord, go there, I'm going to take care of you. Sure. Fantastic. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice. Then what happens? <laughs> After a period of time, the brook dries up. Mm. God, you sent me here. This is not fair. What's going on? I've got a word from the Lord. I'm standing on the word. Yeah. How dare this brook dry up? <laughs> and, you know, some Christians do that. They got a word from the Lord yeah. for a particular season. And it was a word for 15 years ago or 10 years ago. And they're still holding on to the word instead of listening. Lord, what is the fresh word? Oh, I want you to pack up your bags. You're actually going on a little trip now mm. um, because you've been in isolation for too long. And you're going on a road trip now. Was that pun, in, and, was that uh, pun intended? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, so now we're heading off to the, the widow at Zerapath. Mm. And, and so the Lord provided there. And it was a whole nother supernatural thing. The, the oil yeah. and the flour yeah. not being used up. And there was enough to provide not just for him, but also for this, this unbelieving family. So good. And, you know, and so he had God, just witnessed himself. The supernatural provision. So he had, he had a testimony that could bless someone else, and so much more easily now hear God's voice and obey. That I think that's also important to 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 see that in the story. Wow, so good. I love that. I love that. So you know, for us as as people who are listening for God and uh, and want to live according to the Word, let's also realize and recognize that God's speaking a now word for us. Yeah. And so, there might be, okay, go to the, the, the Kirith brook, and that's what I'm going to provide for you. And then there's going to come a time where he says, okay, it's time to leave that place. Mm. I know I said there would be provision for you there, yeah. but that season has now come to an end. Sure. Now, pack up your bags and move to the next season. What? And so, we need to be believers who are listening to the voice of the Lord. Yeah. What is it that I need to be doing now? And what is it that you have for me? Because, you know, there were so many prophetic words at the beginning of 2020. <laughs> and one of the words was that this was going to be a hinge year. Okay. Remember that? No, but uh, please remind me. You know, I'm not sure if you're properly saved, Heinz. <laughs> Come on now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm hinging on unbelief, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Come on. Let's swing the door wide open. Yeah. Full face. So no, please remind us. <laughs> yeah, no. But there, look, I mean, we were inundated with prophetic words yeah, at so the beginning many. of the year as well as the beginning of the decade, right? Yeah. And God's word was true, was right, was accurate, but some of our interpretation or understanding of those words actually we missed it. Yeah. Oh, it because so we easily. looked at we looked at those words through our current circumstances in January. Mm. And um, 
And but God, who sees the end, even right now in the beginning, He was actually calling us and pointing us to what we were going to see on the other end of this year and throughout the rest of this decade. Yeah. So His word is still right. It's true. It's accurate. Absolutely. Okay. And remember. God gives us a word before we go into the storm so that we can hold on to the word because it's going to pull us through to the other side of the storm. Yeah, so good. So remember, Jesus said to the disciples, get in the boat and cross over. Mm. In other words, there was a purpose, a God word, we're going to cross over. Yeah. They could have just held on to that word. We are not going to die. We're not going to sink. We're not going to drown. God said we're going to cross over. So Hang on, guys. It's going to be a bit of a roller coaster, but we're going to cross over. Yeah, sure. Okay. So God spoke at the beginning of 2020 many, many words. Double portion, you know, 20 and 20, the year of plenty, all these wonderful Vision. catchphrases. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We're going to see like we've never seen before yeah. and all the rest of it. Well, actually, we are seeing like we've never seen before. But God is not so much only giving us one-dimensional sight. Mm. He's calling us to come up higher in another dimension. Sure. And instead of only having eagle eyesight, he's giving us owl vision. We can see in the dark. Wow. You know, there's a lot of stuff happens in the dark. And when you have the vision of an owl, you can see what's going on. And you've got all this vermin that's running around. And you can pounce on it. And you can sort it out, basically eat the enemy for breakfast. <laughs> I like yeah. that. And, and so, so God is adding to the body of Christ. You know, we're going to go to one level of glory to another. We're going to grow in maturity. We're going to increase in faith. All these things. Yeah. One of the things that one of the dimensions that the Lord is adding to the church is that we're going to see what he's doing even in the midst of darkness. Yeah. Now, it's really easy for us to see what's going on when the bright noonday sun is shining in all of its splendor because yeah. everything is exposed. But God calls us to actually look and see what's going on in darkness that we might pray correctly and we might, in a sense, thwart the, uh, the actions of the enemy. Yeah. The, yeah. We're not victims. Amen. Come on, We're guys. victors. We not victims. Victors, we've, yeah. Yeah. We've got to change our mindset. So good. And the body of Christ is just like too quickly and easily just retreats into this victim mentality. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And so each one of us, listen, we face it as an individual as well as we face it as families and we face it as church communities. And then, of course, as a nation. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, we're all on this journey together. There are times when, you know, somebody you know, cuts you off in traffic and you're kind of like, who do you think you are? And well, yeah, we, we have all these different emotions that we have to face yeah. and it can be in big things and in little things. And this victim kind of thing, like why is the world against me? Why is the robot always red when I get there? You know, we, 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 we have to face these victim mentality kind of thoughts and we have to process it or all, all, all of us have to do it. Yeah. But God actually wants us to step beyond that victim mindset individually, but also as the church community. You know, the government is doing their things or whatever, and the world is doing their things, and the economy is doing its stuff and all the rest of it. And, you know, it's actually 
It doesn't matter the circumstances. Mm. I'm actually going to still push through and trust the Lord that He's going to provide for me and care for me and lead me and guide me regardless of what's going on. So I can rejoice even if I'm in the dungeon yeah. because His eternal purposes are going to stand. So good. Right? So, so I, don't have to, I don't have to swallow this whole victim mentality. But let's come back to that hinge thing. So at the beginning of the year, the Lord said, hey, 2020 was going to be a pivotal year. Okay. We were going to hinge. It was going to cause a major turning in the body of Christ. Can you remember who gave that word? If I may ask. Oh, you know, you know, I'm getting a bit old now, Heinz, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it was you. I don't mind. I just It wasn't me. Eh? Okay. Um, in hindsight, I wish I had because I would have looked really smart now. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Especially in hindsight. Uh, in uh, hindsight. You know, if you had, I, I can work If you had 2020 20 vision, you know. And I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Hinging pivot, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. Uh, you know, the Lord is is using um, the the opportunity to cause us to move from from one position. We, we we're pivoting and we're hinging into another um, position mm. completely. Sure. And if it wasn't for the um, the winds of change, yeah. That have been blowing like, I mean, goodness, you guys down in the Cape, you, you've had massive winds just this week, yeah. right? And, and just blown things about, blown them over, whatever it is. And if we didn't have the chaotic winds of 2020, I think we as the body of Christ, we would have carried on as normal. Yeah, yeah. And God has allowed us to experience the winds of change through the storm. Because we are not going back to business as usual. Yeah. So good. Hallelujah. Yeah. Can't. It, it can't. And yeah. I th yeah. I, what, what I'm experiencing in this time as well, I, it was amazing to me just before the whole lockdown thing happened, I felt God take me on a, a little journey of the meaning of good and the meaning of bad, you know? And because and we, we tend to go. Everything bad is the devil and everything good is God. And, and, but we apply our version or our definition of those words to any given situation. So good. And, and I felt God just come and challenge me. And I got scripture and I, it actually took me on a, on a difficult path. I'm like, what is happening? Like, it's a long story. But the, the, out of mm. that, God showed me the one day, you know, there are certain things that I, as a, as a dad, as a father with my children, that I, there are certain things I put in place in my house, certain boundaries, certain rules, and I, and I apply certain forms of discipline for my children to grow. Why do I do it? Because I love them. Some of the things I put in place to them from their perspective and their experience is bad or uncomfortable or frustrating, but I know it is good for them. And mm -hmm. God just opened up my mind to this thing where we have to actually not rely, once again, on our own understanding of what is good and what is bad and what is this and that. But we have to keep on going back to Him and saying, mm -hmm. Lord, what are, you, what are you up to and what do I need to know? Yes. And, yeah. and the, the whole premise of the things that you've been saying now that is so good is relationship with God. Yeah. Because if you don't have a relationship, you can't hear his voice. 
yeah. if you don't spend time with him, you can't get the now word. If yeah. you if you don't listen for his voice in the noise, then you're gonna miss the next step. And, I, and yeah. I, so I think I mean for me, it's just so important that, like Paul says, we all you know work out our salvation with fear and trembling and make sure that we are where we're supposed to be, that we yeah. are you know in that relationship. Every day, all day, spending time with Him, spending time in the Word so that we can be sensitive. Because I'm, I'm so in agreement with you that He doesn't always do the same thing the same way. Um, he didn't even heal blind eyes the same way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the one time yeah. He just touched, the one time He put mud on from His spit. Uh, we, we can't expect Him to, to just, that's why He wants relationship, I think, is so that He can show you this time with you, I'm going to do it this way. But come close and listen so I can Absolutely. show it to you. And I, yo, I think that's so good. And, and that's what all of us in the body of Christ need to just lean into is that relationship, listening. And there's so much noise out there. I mean, how, how, how are you, you know, turning off the noise of the news and the conspiracy theories and the end times and all that stuff and just going, okay, Lord, you show me what, what I need to know. How, how do you do that? Um, well, uh, I was, I was going to be a little bit naughty. Um, <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think, uh, being a little bit cynical about some stuff sometimes actually can work in your favor. It comes with old age, you know, so I understand. <laughs> hey, I'm not that old. Just kidding. But... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I guess one of the ways is just to be really bad at, at social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a if practical you, solution. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're just kind of like, oh, just, you know, if you try and keep up with everything all of the time, mm. um, then, then it's going to be overwhelming. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, sometimes deliberately just shut off for a little bit just even if it's just hey i'm going to take three days mm. like g- detox yeah i mean for some people they're so addicted to their phones yeah you know first thing you reach for in the morning the last thing you look at at night sure um you know whatever it might be you know you're, you're sitting with people but actually you got your phone in hand um it's kind of like whoa this is a really strong addictive thing that's taking place in society mm. and when you give into that addiction you keep feeding it yeah then then what you're doing is you're opening up the the, the doorway the the gates if you like of your eyes and your your mind and and so the stuff is just flooding and so it's streaming in and that where it becomes overwhelming number one number two you're not applying filters and you're not thinking properly and accurately about what you are seeing or reading and that's why you know the certain governments and whatever around the world have had to put in um, certain restrictions and say you know if you keep forwarding false information we can actually lay a charge against you yeah all right so stop spreading fake news wow all right, but who decides but, what's fake? <laughs> that's the big well, question. Well, sure, that's that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> I'm just um, kidding. Yeah, yeah. But um, the 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 crazy thing is that um, when 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 people have a theology that the devil is big, yeah, then you're going to more easily embrace a negative view and outlook. Yeah. So good. 
right? Me, I've made the choice. I'm going to embrace a big God. Now, I didn't always have this mindset, you know, to be to be honest. And um, so, to to my to my shame, mm. I mean, I grew up in a really good, strong Christian home. You know, th- th- there was nothing there that should have caused me to have this as a mindset. I just I just did, and you know, I would I would look at like earthquakes and tornadoes and tsunamis and kind of like, yes. Yeah, the end of the world is coming. You know. <laughs> Yay! And and it was like, I mean, it was, it, I mean, I mean, it's to my shame. I, I I actually took pleasure in destruction sure. because I thought it was ushering in, you know, the the closer to the end times. Wow. Know? Okay. And 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 the Holy Spirit very graciously rescued me from that mindset, which was actually making the devil bigger. And glorifying all the, the, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy, you know. Mm. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. And, and I bought into this whole thing, you know, like the whole planet is just, you know, headed for the trash can. So, it doesn't matter. Sure. And, and, and I, it was a very, um, it was a, a negative view of the end times. Mm. You know, it wasn't a victorious Jesus coming in victory with with uh, a bride of Christ, the church, yeah. actually in victory. You know, I had a mindset, no, the church was in like defeat. And, you know, if Jesus didn't come and rescue the church, then, you know, it, it was all game over. Wow. So, you know, Jesus, you know, help us hit the escape button, um, get us out of here because we need to be rescued because, you know, the devil's too big for us. Wow. And, uh, and that mindset is definitely rife right now as well, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, goodness sake, you know. Um, I, yeah, let me, let me not go down <laughs> too far. But, I mean, it's just, I, I just, it's kind of like, guys, why would you want to post this on Facebook? Why would you want to to buy into this? Um, because what, what it's doing is it's it's forming part of the narrative yeah. that the enemy is actually um, winning, is, is winning, yeah. and you know Jesus is going to come back next week. Yeah, it's kind of like well, the church doesn't seem to be the the bride doesn't seem to be in victory. Yeah, doesn't seem to have grown into the fullness of the stature of Christ. And there's a heap of people who do not yet know Jesus. Why would you want him to come next week? Yeah, sure. It's actually a little bit selfish. Wow. You know, God has saved us on purpose for a purpose. You know, until the whole earth is covered with the glory of the knowledge. You know, the knowledge of the glory of God. Sure. The, that, that knowledge is an experiential knowing knowledge. Not just... Oh yeah, there were, there is a God. It's kind of like no, 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 no. It's it's an experiential knowing of the glory until the the like the waters cover the sea. Mm. It's kind of like well, that's a strange thing. How much water is in the sea? Oh, the whole thing. <laughs> oh, you know. And it makes up most of the Earth's surface. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty much yeah. It's, wow. You know, so that's good. Wow, we're actually wanting to see 
the, the sons of God rise up mm. in, in, in step into their, their their destiny, so to speak. To you know that the the sons of God would be would be manifest, would be shown to be those who trust in the Lord, who are living out their faith. So good. Who, who are, are seeing the kingdom of God come, and and it's you know it's that prayer. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. It's like, so what's going on in heaven? What's going on on earth? It's kind of like, well, we're not seeing that, so job is not yet done. Yeah. And every prayer that Jesus prayed was a prophetic prayer and was going to be answered. Mm. Sure. You know, Jesus never prayed a prayer that was not going to be answered. That's, that's, uh, uh, that's a big one because a I, one. I immediately think of John 17 where he prays that his disciples and the ones to follow will be one. As yeah. he and God, the Father, are one. Sure. I still want to see that prayer <laughs> come come about. That's uh, That'll be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. But he's going to be doing amazing things and that there's still work for us to be involved in. Yes. Um, and, and that he is still going to accomplish his purposes. So we don't need to buy into all these conspiracy theories. The devil is not winning, yeah. and he never will. Amen. So good. Yeah. So will you take so, the vaccine? That's the that's the question, John. Will you take the vaccine? <laughs> oh dear Jesus! Please help us to think through these things. Yeah. You know, come on, guys. We need to. I mean. <laughs> You know, John's letters, the, the letters of John. He says the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the world. Sure. That was the first century. The Antichrist, Antichrist is already here. John wrote that letter in the first century. Yeah. Wow. Why do you want to run around looking for some kind of a mark when you've been mocked by the Holy Spirit? Sure. That's good. Why are we running after this crazy end time theology stuff mm. where there's a mix up between who is the beast and who is the lawless one yeah. and who is the antichrist? Because different scriptures speak differently of these different characters. Yeah, sure. Oops. <laughs> are there different characters involved? That's a good it question. That's a fit, fair question. Yeah. It doesn't fit the popular narrative because we don't want to be left behind. Yeah. Sorry, I'm stirring badly. Yeah. I like it. We, we I don't were, mind. We were, we I don't were, mind. We're on a good note. I, you know, let's, <laughs> let's, let's head back to where we were. All right, we can head back. I, I, but I, I am really interested in these things and, and my wife and I banter about it a lot because she's convinced, you know, it's, it's around the corner. And uh, anyway, oh, we shouldn't get into the technical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> on on a space like this, well, I, when I see you in person again, well, we can hash out some of the the intricacies. I think the bottom line we all need to know is that is that God is a loving God. He's here with us. Yes. We have yes. work to do. I like that you said that yes. we have work to do alongside yes. Him, and yes. we need to be close to Him to know what that is. Because I yes. think the one thing that happens is is if you get hung up on on the conspiracy theories and the end time stuff too much. I'm not saying there are no end times. Obviously the Bible speaks about it, but yes. if you get hung up on it, 
that can become your idol, your God, and that can be yes. that can also make you not want to get more people saved and discipled and into God's family because you're going to go, yes. well, it's happening just now. So what's the point of, you know, <laughs> keeping on loving people and making a difference in this world where we, right. we actually need to keep doing that. We need to keep on loving people, sharing the good news, you know, in the midst of all the bad news and make sure more people join us when, when Jesus on. does come. So, so Heinz, February this year, we shared a platform together with Sean Foyt. Yeah. And Sean Foyt has just been at Huntington Beach in California. I saw that. A couple of thousand people sure. on the beach, people getting baptized. So good. And their references back to the Jesus movement in the late 1960s and into the early 70s. Yeah. Where Thousands of people would gather on the beach there in California, that same place, wow. and would get baptized. And the whole Jesus movement thing just like was an amazing sort of like God bringing revival, mm. uh, working in the opposite of the circumstances where there was the hippie movement and free love and all kinds of whatever. And God was actually showing that he was the God of love. Yeah. And that, that he had a new way for people to, to walk in and so to live good. in. But one of the things back then, and we're going to learn from that. Come on, church, we're going to learn from this thing. Back then in the Jesus movement, there was all of a sudden this popularizing of the end of the world is about around the corner. Mm. Late great planet Earth, Hal Lindsey and these guys. Yeah. And scared the you know what out of people. And so it had a really, really bad effect on, on, on believers because they said, well, what's the point of going to go and study yeah. and get a degree and, and become captains of industry and, and become the major influencers sure. because the world's going to end any day now. Wow. And, the, and so now you, you watch the ripple effect, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, there's a generation of believers who should have been at the top of their particular mountain yeah. and they are not there because they didn't take the time to study and invest in themselves so that they might rise to the position of influence Wow! because of a mistaken theological understanding of the end times and they didn't dig down deep and they didn't put the foundations in and they didn't further themselves in order to run the marathon. They thought they were doing the sprint. Sure. Yeah, this is one of my favorite sayings. I say it over and over again. We are not doing the sprint. We're doing the marathon. And when you do the marathon, you prepare for this thing and, and you, you pace yourself and you go for it because it's about staying in the race right through to the end. Yeah. And right now, again, we have an opportunity with our end times um, you know, theology and, and getting into the word and following what, you know, the spirit is telling us to do. We're here for the long haul. Yeah. And there are many, many people who still need to hear the good news. There are many, many people who need to have their hearts unlocked with love. Amen. Love is the key. Yes. And they need to experience that love. It's not about wagging the finger and, you know, if you don't turn, you're going to burn. It's <laughs> kind of like, oh, for goodness sake. Really? Uh, you know, God came with a message of love. Mm. For God so loved the world. That he Let's gave, have this uh, message of love. Amen. You know, it's not about intimidating people into heaven. 
you know, hanging them over the, the, the flames of hell, you know. No, that's not what it's about. It's kind of like, wow, God is so good. Why would you not want to be with God? <laughs> it's because of His goodness and His love and His kindness and His mercy and His… The, every good gift comes from the Father above. Yes. Why would you not want to be in the place… So good. …where you're under the, the spout where the blessings come out? So good. Sure. So, we position ourselves because we're drawn to love. Yeah. You know, it's a positive message. You know? Wow. Let's, let's use that yes. to draw people, you know, to, to, to use fear as the motivation to turn towards Christianity. Then that's your it, foundation. Yeah. It, sure. it's, it, it, it has a very limited um, and, and very small duration of effect in people's lives. Mm. Because the, the, the kind of the fear thing subsides. Mm. And so they, they might make a quick initial decision because, oh, grief, I need my fire insurance. <laughs> I, I don't want to go to hell. I just want to get a quick stamp to it and go to heaven. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But that doesn't cause people to change their lives, their behavior. No. No. It's when they encounter the goodness of God, it's kind of like, why would I want anything else? Amen. You know? And so once they've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, mm. there's no need to go back because back there, that was rubbish. Sure. Yeah, I found the real stuff. So love is the key. Amen. I think the problem is that the the meaning of love, the way God means it, the agape love of God has gotten so lost. And because we use use the word love for anything and everything. And if mm -hmm. if you didn't grow up in a environment where God's love was really shown and uh, you, you, you experience it yourself, it must be so hard yeah. to make that shift, yeah. to actually understand that. And I, I once had this conversation with someone where uh, they, they revealed to me that, you know, they actually, they, they're, they're a Christian, they're a believer, but they hate themselves. They hate them. The person said, I hate myself. And uh, then I immediately felt the Holy Spirit tell me, ask them, what are the two most important commandments? And I said, well, what are the two most important commandments? And he said, love God and with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. I said, what was that last part? Love your neighbor as yourself. I said, what is that very last part? Love your neighbor as yourself. And he went like, whoa. I said, you just said you hate yourself. So how are you going to love your neighbor? So good. And, and, and I had an epiphany. Like, yeah. you know, and, and then God showed me if you love me, that's why it's the, the, the two most important ones. If you love me, that means you give yourself to me because I gave myself to you. I loved yeah. you first when you were still a sinner. Now you come and you love me. If you love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, what will happen? You'll find identity. You'll know exactly who you are and why you're here. And you will see yourself through my eyes. And then you will love yourself the way I love you. And then you gain confidence, boldness, and you will walk as a son of the living God. Then you can't wait to share that with others. So you love your neighbor as yourself going, oh my word, I need to share this. So that was like a huge, you know, epiphany for me, uh, what that actually yeah. means. Brilliant. Love God, Brilliant. love people. If you don't That's love God, you right can't thing. love yourself. If yeah. you can't love yourself, you can't actually love your neighbor. And I mean, I speak to, to people all the time that, that they love Jesus. They are sold out born-again Christians, but they haven't gotten to that place where they really see themselves 
through God's eyes. So they still struggle with insecurity and hurtfulness. Yeah. And then they don't realize they're actually struggling to love other people as well. Yeah. So yeah. we have a long way to go, I think. And one of the first steps is to, to, to help people understand what love is. And how, how would you explain to a new believer that has no background of faith, no background of any kind in, in, in a religious uh, sort of background, how would you explain the love of God to them? Oh, that's a nice big deep one, eh? Uh, well, you know, we ha still have two hours left of this conversation. So <laughs> I'm kidding. We're actually quite, no, we're actually quite over our time, but I, I'm, I'm yeah, loving this. It's, it's you and me and no one else, right? <laughs> no, we've got 39 other people watching. Uh, so good. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's one of these things that really is not easy for us to put in human language. Yeah. Because we're trying to describe with our own finite words and our sort of finite minds and thinking something that is infinite. Sure. That's good. You know, remember back when we were in, in primary school and they were first introducing the, the, the concept of infinity in maths mm. and it's kind of like how can infinity be and it's just kind of like it just keeps going and going and going mm. well then how can you even count it and how can you know it and sure. blah 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 and it was just like um i mean i can remember being in in maths class and just kind of like my my brain being scrambled <laughs> trying to comprehend <laughs> infinity right so but god's love is eternal it's like that infinity thing sure so, how do we actually describe something that is so large that it never ends? Wow. And, 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 and we must remember that with God, all of his characteristics are linked and tied to one another. So, that love is tied to his goodness. Mm. And his love is tied to his mercy. And his love is tied to his grace. And, you know, so it's, it's forgiveness, it's long-suffering, it's kindness, whatever. All of those things together help us to see what is the nature of this kind of love. Wow. Which is perfect in every way. Sure. Now, we cannot fully experience or even fully comprehend how good that love is through one another because we're all imperfect beings mm. and we're also only here for a finite short period of time so you know we need to just hold on to a couple of um of, of handles that hint at the goodness and the greatness and the kindness and the magnitude and the perfection of his love so that love is the the, 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 the kind of overall enveloping, surrounding, sustaining um, aspect of God's core goodness. Um, I'm, as you can tell, I'm failing for words. <laughs> and, and, and I think that anybody who's trying to describe the love of God should be failing at their words. Yeah. Because we've only got limited words in our English language 
to try and describe something that is God. Yeah. Well, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe the the best way any of us can do that is to say how it changed our individual lives. So yeah. I was going to ask you early on, but uh, it feels like we've come to that spot. So can can you um, maybe share your your first encounter with God? I know you grew up in in, in that environment, but yeah. there was still must have been a moment where you you really felt okay. Now I have my own personal connection with God, and and what was that like? And how how did you yeah. feel in your own life that His love manifest itself? So maybe that'll help. Yeah. You know, for people to maybe grasp that a bit better. Yeah. Well, I mean, my experience was perhaps um, in some ways different from the the, the classic testimony. Um, I just had a growing sense, a growing awareness. I didn't have this kind of like night and day experience. Okay. And, you know, so in some ways as as a sort of, next generation believer um it's it's hard in some ways and it's a blessing in others so let me qualify okay i'm trying not to take three hours because we need to land the program here yeah (laughs) um you see when somebody is far away from god they've been living in darkness and all of a sudden they see the light and everything is changed from one moment to another there's no question at all in their hearts, their minds. They've had an encounter with God and everything is different. Yes. And it's just like night and day. And they can point to a day, a time, this happened, da-da-da. Fantastic. But you know, for a lot of children who grow up in a good Christian community, a good loving home environment, they've been exposed to the goodness of God and the love of God and a faith since basically the womb. Yeah. And it's a gradual perception and, and, and knowing and realization that, wow, actually, you know, God is love and I love him and I belong to him or whatever. And, and so there might be times where there are, you know, occasions where perhaps a, a prayer is prayed. We might refer to it as the sinner's prayer, which actually isn't really in the… Okay, don't go there, John. I also don't uh, like that description of the prayer. Uh, I agree. <laughs> but 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 there's a there's a commitment. Shall we say there's a, a realization. A yeah, yeah. I, 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 I want to commit, you know, I want to actually make sure that, that I'm, you know… But it's, it's a… It's a, it's a gradual perception and and it's a gradual road of submission okay because actually i think as believers all of our lives are about submitting in increasing measure to the lordship of jesus yeah absolutely and it's our our whole life is a journey of learning to submit more and more and more so true and we might have said, you know what, I started on this day with salvation. Yeah. But it doesn't end there. It's actually just one of the points on the journey into the heart of God. Yeah. And so for me, it was a, a gradual, you know, growing and being aware. And yes, I did respond. You know, the, the first thing I can remember is probably about, I don't know, five years old. 
uh, and there was a, a lady who used to go and do beach missions. Her name was uh, Sunny Blundell, and um, and she used to do these outreach beach missions. Uh, there was these felt boards they used to have. Goodness, this is going back a few years. <laughs> and uh, and put these little Bible characters up and tell Bible stories and then ask people if they wanted to invite Jesus in their heart. And, and that's the first time that I can remember. I might have done it before then, uh, you know, saying nighttime prayers with my parents. I don't know. But that's one of them. You first remember, I yeah. remember yeah. I was about five years old. Okay. I remember uh, my dad was the, 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 the guest speaker at Hatfield at their Easter camp. And he was doing a lot of teaching and instruction on, on the Holy Spirit. And uh, my dad and Ed Rabert worked close together. Uh, my dad actually prayed with Ed to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit wow. um, in, in, in the early 1970s. So there was this relational thing that was going on. And I remember again at that camp making another one of these commitments. Okay. You know, I can remember various other times and points. Uh, I went through as a teenager, not so much rebellion, but so much uh, as a kind of questioning, is this really real? Is this authentic? Am I just a Christian because my parents are Christians? Yeah, yeah. I call it my Ecclesiastes time. <laughs> you know, it's about Does standard. anything make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all meaningless. You know, what's the point of life? Yeah. And why should I even bother to go and study or do anything? You know, why not just drop out and you know, just go and hug trees or something? <laughs> Uh, I'm not a tree hugger, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, and what kept me going in that time was my parents' conviction, my parents' faith, and sure. their steadfastness. And I kind of thought, if it's true and real and genuine for them, and I know them, then this must be true and genuine. So I'm just going to hang in here. Wow. Until until the reality really hits me. That's powerful for parents to hear. That sure. Yeah, wow. yeah. You know, so um, it, it was watching Jesus in and through my family, mm. and particularly my parents. Mm. Um, and then, you know, obviously there are times of sort of, okay, Lord, I, I submit and, you know, go for it and so on. In my university days, whatever. I, I never really went in a rebellious way, but it was, you know, that searching is this real? Is this genuine? Is this for me? But it's this progression, and you keep saying yes, and keep saying yes, and keep saying yes. And each yes is good and powerful and necessary. Yeah. But I don't think it was only one yes that clinched the deal. I think it's been a thousand yeses along the way. I agree. And, um, yeah. and so that, that's my life. It's my journey. And uh, I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> I can relate to that in a big way. I, I also have I had a, a big moment when I was 16, and then... Uh, two others that was massive as well that I, and the one I actually felt like I got saved all over again because I lost yeah. the path completely and so I think we have these moments and I think that's why Paul says work out your fa your salvation with fear and trembling because it's something we have to check all the time and we have to yeah. not that you get unsaved I think it's a, it's more about staying in that space of knowing yeah. you know that we need Jesus all the time every day uh, that's, yeah. that's so good yeah. Uh, yeah. just maybe um I would like to hear the, the, the where did you have that moment where you knew that you were called into ministry? Because I mean, I'm sure that was a big one. Or did you always just know that's where you're going to head up or end up? <laughs> um, well, that one for me, um, I was probably about hmm, 
eight or nine. Oh wow! And um, we were were uh, at that point. My my folks were hosting a citywide charismatic um, meeting on a Friday evening, and people would come from. We were in East London at the time. About 120 people would come, and they would worship for hours on a Friday night, and there'd be ministry, and there'd be the word, and, and so on. Wow. And um, so while that was going on, in the early part of the evening, we would go to a youth group, a church down the road, and um, and then one of the guys would come and, and you know drop us off, and the meeting was, was on the go. And that particular night, uh, it was about eight or nine, and I just felt to go and sit in the doorway and listen in to what was happening in, in the meeting. And I just had this, this sense of, of hearing God communicate to me. Mm. Um, and that one day I would be a pastor of pastors. Wow. And so I, I knew that that's what my life would be about. Sure. You know, about, say, eight or nine, somewhere there. Yeah. Um, look, I, 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 I didn't tell people about it. Um, sort of, you know, hid these things in my heart. Um, I, I finished school. I still went to university. I did my bachelor's, bachelor's degree in, in commerce and IT and, you know, all those good things. I went into... Um, the IT sector for a number of years, also went overseas. Lisa and I worked there, lived there for two years, doing consultancy work in the IT sector. Um, and I was gaining experience in terms of, you know, business and what people go through and, and all these kinds of things. And it wasn't that I was denying the call. I just knew that one day when the time was right, mm. I would step into it. Okay. And uh, And so when, funny enough, I was... 30 and we returned back to South Africa and joined my dad on 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 team um, and it's interesting Jesus was about 30 when he started his ministry yeah. and uh, you know so there's this this thing of you know even in the, the the Levites in the the priesthood they would enter into an apprenticeship at age 25 which is a five-year apprenticeship and they would only be released to be in the priesthood when they were 30 huh Wow. So that's an interesting, interesting thing. Hmm. Um, so anyway, just coincided. Uh, so there was a long journey uh, from from when the Lord spoke to me about these things, and then actually, uh, I was forty when I stepped into something of the pastoring of pastors role. So it was thirty-two years, let's say, between when I felt the Lord really speak clearly about what my life was to be about. And then when it actually begun to uh, to open up, so that, that's uh, it's been an interesting one, you know. And so many people they hear that God speak to them and they think it's going to happen next month, <laughs> you know. And uh, just like whoa, chill out, you know. Yeah. Uh, look at all the Bible characters, you know. David was anointed king, and uh, as it, a it boy, took, yeah. yeah, as as a as maybe you know. 13 or so, somewhere there. We're not too sure, somewhere between 10 or 15 years, so let's split it down the middle, call it 13. And um, and, and he was, uh, I think, about, also around about 30 when, when he when he took took on the on, on the throne there. Yeah. You know? um, and so, 
you know, let's let's realize that there's often this this period between God speaking and calling, and when actually we we step into that. So be patient, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. Man, can you still go a few minutes? Because I, I have t- two more questions for you. Is that okay? Um, you know, I'm looking at some other things that I need to also be attending to. Okay. <laughs> so how about how about we we take two more minutes? Uh, is that okay? Two more minutes. Yes. Minutes. Okay. Not hours. Not hours. No. No. Uh, okay. So maybe just one question and then a prayer. Is that okay? Yeah. 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 All right. So I'm gonna try and combine. Two questions. Uh, so you have built, from what I have seen myself, a multiracial church, and it's it's been very intentional. Um, would why did you do that, and and how how did that how did that? You know, it's a it's a long answer if I do that, but I would yeah. love to know why and how you did that, and. In doing that, I would love to know if you have a message for the general church of South Africa on that subject and how we need to go forward as the church. All right. Okay. Um, the truth is I don't really have a good answer for you. Um, I think by God's grace, we've stumbled into some stuff and he's been kind enough to let us in on the journey that he's actually doing. Okay. So we know from the book of Revelation that every tribe and every tongue are going to be gathered around the throne. So we just want to start practicing here for what it's going to be like there. That's good. I like that. And that's about all we've got to go on. <laughs> right. Uh, and I'm sorry, I don't have a great kind of you know, system, whatever. Uh, we tried one or two things and we failed dismally. Sure. So it's not our cleverness. It's not our techniques and strategies. So we just said, Lord, we believe that this is what happens around the throne. Mm. So we want to we be open to what you're doing. Wow. And um, so I, I, I don't like uh, appointing people based on, uh, on race or anything like that in terms of functioning in the church. I believe that skin color is not what God is looking for. He's looking for anointing and gifting and calling. Mm. Sure. And so that is the most important thing. And we're doing it together out of relationships. So there's deep covenant relational friendship, fellowship. We just love doing things together and we're going to go to war together. So awesome. that is the most important thing. That's then, so good. Hey, you know, how much pigmentation you have in your skin, you know, let's not worry about that. Um, you know, it's not going to. It's not going to qualify you, and it's not going to disqualify you. That's powerful. It's about what, what is God called you to do. So let's be mindful that, um, that as we start with the end in mind, and the end is we're all in unity worshiping around the throne. So let's see if we can start walking in that direction. I love that. And actually, you know, if you think of the end, uh, it also ties in with the beginning of the church when – when there was the, when Pentecost came and Peter preached, people from all nations would gather together yeah. in Jerusalem yeah. and got saved. Yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. was actually always there. Uh, yeah. That's so good. Uh, yeah. So maybe end off with a what? What is the biggest thing on your heart right now for for South Africa, for the Church of South Africa? Um, to, I mean, may, maybe it's a summary of what we spoke about earlier in this conversation. 
Uh, yeah, but I would just yeah, love to yeah. know what is your sort of final thought uh, f- uh, as we end this off for this nation? I just want to say the best is yet to come. Amen. You know, that was a quick uh, final I'll, word. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no, please elaborate. Our best, <laughs> our best days as the body of Christ lies ahead. Amen. Our best revival is still to come. Mm. Our greatest spiritual milestones are still to be uh, accomplished. And, uh, and, and the church still has a magnificent role to play. I believe in the church. I believe in the body of Christ. Amen. And uh, I, I really uh, am so convinced that we are going to grow into the most amazing, uh, mature, beautiful bride without spot, wrinkle, blemish. And that's the thing that keeps me coming back to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday <laughs> because I know it's going to get better. Amen. That's so good. I love that. Will you please pray for those watching and listening um, that some of the things we spoke about today, just maybe focus on that the love of God will really be revealed to them and become very tangible in their lives. And, yeah. uh, and just pray for our nation. And then I'll end off with a prayer for you guys as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So good. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You're kind. You're merciful. You're gracious. And your heart towards us as a nation, as believers, as the body of Christ, is for us to go from glory to glory. Mm. Thank you that you have not abandoned us, that you are working powerfully in the middle of the storm to cause us to grow, to develop, and to become even more fruitful. So, Lord, let our hearts be anchored in your goodness, in your mercy, in your provision, and your protection. May your peace so flood our hearts and our minds that we're able to see from heaven's perspective what you're doing, that we might co-labor with you to see the kingdom advancing in our region. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this conversation. Thank you for for John, for his church, for his family. We thank you for Breakthrough Life Church and all the people there. I thank you, Lord, that you have guided them and blessed them and taken them from glory to glory and strength to strength, even in this time. And uh, I thank you, Lord, that you have ministered through him so powerfully today to us. We are blessed and we are encouraged. And I thank you for that. I pray that you will keep on blessing John in his marriage and his family and his church, and may they they be one of the biggest carriers of this revival and this awakening in our nation as we go into this bright future you have for us. I thank you Mm -hmm. that right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brother, thank you so much. I'm just going (laughs) to greet everybody. Please Please hang on Skype for a moment there. I'll be with you now. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. You are awesome. Please join us again next week, Tuesday and Thursday. We've got some really great guests coming your way. Have a great rest of your week and weekend. And may you know at all times that God's love can unlock anything in your life. We love you. We appreciate you. God bless you. Bye-bye.